All right, welcome back to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz. Here we are at NRM Streamcast. This is a great show. We have a lot of fun, a lot of cool guests. Check out all of our content at www.danontop.com. That's www.danontop.com. Shoot me an email if you want, dan at danontop.com. Very easy to remember. I'm joined here live to tape with a very interesting individual. We're going to drop some bombs here. We're going to have a lot of fun. This is Tim Vitale, the owner at Upside Capital. Tim, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for thanks for having me today, Dan. Hey, it's my pleasure. I've enjoyed having conversations with you this past week, getting to know you. And I literally, everybody watching this, I had to cut him off. Why? Because we were talking about topics that were so interesting, and we had such a cool flow that I said, I don't want to like redo this on the air. I want to just do it naturally. So we're going to do it naturally here on the Dan on Top show, and we're going to talk to Tim about all kinds of cool things. But first of all, before we get into that, Tim, tell our viewers, who is Tim Vitale? Yeah, Tim Vitale from <clears throat> Connecticut originally. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina now. Multifamily syndicator in the Southeast region. Uh, focused mostly on Alabama, South Carolina, North Carolina, and Tennessee. Um, really excited to add some properties to our portfolio zone. Did some tours yesterday. Got a couple offers out. Got a couple of off-market deals in my inbox sitting right now from that broker meeting yesterday. Nice. Uh, so a lot of things happening. And, and we got another one under contract recently down in uh, Somerville, South Carolina. So things are picking up right now, and it, it's a it's a good feeling. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad to hear things are picking up. They're heating up everywhere. It's getting hot in here. I was just in another studio. I'm going to join you in your white shirt attire and take my jacket off. Hope the audience is cool with that. But anyway, I want to talk about some interesting stuff. You and I discussed some things about interest rates and, and, and banking and finance and commercial real estate and brokerage. So I want to turn the tables right away. I usually turn the tables at the end, but I want to turn the tables right away. What questions can I answer for you? And what do you want to talk about on your episode of Dan on Top? Man, I'd love to just see your perspective, you know, from a broker side. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people in the multifamily industry now that are trying to break into the industry, right? Mm -hmm. um, so what's the number one thing that you see newer people in the market trying to build a relationship with you fail at miserably? Ooh, that's such a good question. Because I'll tell you something, for many years in my career, I never did buy-side rep. And there's a lot of reasons I never did buy-side rep, and I think those are the answers to your question. I do do buy-side rep now. However, I just closed a buy-side rep uh, deal yesterday in Wichita Falls. So Carl's Jr., this is a great client, great attorney. It's my fourth one for them, fifth one for them in the, in the last month, which is amazing. They're actually my first buy-side client. Don't tell them. Um, but they're amazing, and the reason that I worked with them is because they were a buyer on one of my deals, and I loved how they performed. Now, typically, I wouldn't do such a thing because um, I double-end all my deals, and I usually am not all my deals, 80% of my deals. That's how commercial real estate is, and I'm selling to people that I've already worked with. And if somebody wants to know about commercial real estate, I'd rather, Tim, you call me and say, hey, Dan, I want to talk about this, than have somebody call me. I know you wouldn't do this, but if somebody call me and say, hey, Dan, I want to buy this, or hey, Dan, I want you to find me this, thinking that that's how they'll get in, and then we'll talk and I'll teach them stuff, and they'll teach me stuff, and we'll have fun, but they're not a buyer. I'd rather there's clear, concrete expectations up front. Hey, my name's Tim. I am a buyer, or I am not a buyer. I want to know about this, or I want to buy this. I want to sell this. I want this cap. If you're going to look for a broker who's going to take you seriously, you must perform. That's probably number one. You must do what you say you're going to do, and be transparent. So I would urge everyone out there who wants to learn about the industry or who wants to grow and build a portfolio or sell a portfolio to reach out to great brokers like myself, right? Dan at danontop.com. There's a lot of other great brokers out there as well. Regardless, when you reach out to me or anybody else, be transparent. Tell us what we can do to add value and tell us what you are looking for and where you're at honestly. Does that help? 
Yeah, that's a great response. Uh, you know, I know that you're 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 more in the triple net lease world, and I'm in the commercial multifamily space. Uh, do you see a lot of people transitioning out of the multifamily space into triple net leases? Oh man, you're like setting me up, bro. Yes, I do, and I love it. <laughs> There's so much money that's in syndications, and a lot of that. If you ask maybe 20 people on the street about a syndication, 18 or 19 are going to say, "Oh yeah, it's when you have a multifamily property and you do blah 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 blah." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's what most people do." I love triple net syndications. I absolutely love them. And there's an interesting phenomenon that I'm sure we'll talk about a little more as the show progresses, where cap rate compression across the country in multifamily is at incredible strength right now. The compression of cap rates is strong, meaning it's going down and going down and going down and going down. And what I am astounded by, Tim, is that people are willing to pay such low cap rates for an asset that, number one, is not as stable as triple net. Number two, doesn't have the security of the of the strong national tenant. Number three, has capital expenditures that are relatively unknown. And number four, is not 100% passive. All of those four variables are present in triple net, right? Stable, secure, uh, um, you know, passive, and 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 certain. All those things and great, you know, great tenants. And 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 the capex is it's not existent in absolute triple net. So if I could get a five or five and a half or six or six and a half cap with a national tenant in triple net, why am I going to pay a four seven five or a four and a half or a four cap in California for a fourplex? Great question, right? Enter net lease syndications. That's why I love them, and I think that's why there's going to be a lot more capital flowing the other way from multifamily into net lease. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I agree entirely. Uh, you know, a couple of people uh, that we work with directly, uh, you know, direct to seller uh, that we've met through like virtual assistants doing cold calling and things. You know, they're all talking about moving to triple net leases and 1031ing into you know, those, those types mm-hmm. of assets so they can pretty much, you know, defer their taxes and their capital gains, but then have that truly passive income, which is, which is incredible. You know, I mean, it, it's always good to hear perspective from different people mm-hmm. on what they're doing and why. Uh, it seems like, you know, multifamily is not easy to get into, but it's not impossible, right? Um, and then once you get, you know, kind of your mastery in multifamily, and then you start moving into the retail space, um, it's just, it's just a good to hear, you know, from the other side of the table, like what they're looking for and why. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, you have some great questions here on the sheet. So I'm going to go back to the sheet. Thanks for putting these together. You have a wonderful question here I want to answer. You said, how can your confidence in a conversation make you stand out to a seller or broker? I want to hear your answer, and then I'm going to go ahead and piggyback on it. So, you know, coming from a newer uh, syndicator's perspective, uh, you know, I spent the first two years, 18 months of my career, uh, you know, building my network and building my relationships, building uh, digging my well before I needed to drink, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. And over time, what happened is my experience went up and my confidence went up. And the brokers that I first started talking to early on in my career, of course, they, did, they didn't take me seriously because I didn't truly know what I was talking about. 18 months later, though, when you're, you know, you're confident that you can close these deals because you have relationships with your investors and key principals and other operators in the space, you know, they pick up on that, on that confidence. Uh, you know, it, and that was evidently apparent yesterday at our, our uh, at our tour on this property because I had never met this broker in person before. And, uh, you know, as soon as we get there, we just, you know, started, you know, going right to business and you're not asking beginner questions uh, and you, you're showing your expertise. Um, and, and that's personally how I think that your confidence builds is just really knowing that you can rely on your network to perform. Yeah. Exactly what you had said before is do what you're going to say you're going to do and perform. Exactly. And that confidence goes up as you build better relationships in this industry. Yeah, no question about it. And you know, there's a product out there. I don't know if you've taken it or heard of it. I'm sure you've heard of it. But I don't know if you have. You heard of this? Have you taken the CRE Pro course yet? 
I haven't, you know, I just want to say congrats on launching that. I know that came Thank out you. like what, two weeks, three weeks ago, something very recently. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely awesome and I plan on getting my hands on it soon. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been a little longer than that, but it's okay. I still love you. Um, so the CRE pro course is designed to teach investors how to think like a broker, right? And how to underwrite like a broker and how to talk like a broker, how to walk like a broker, how to drive. No, I'm kidding. But it teaches you all those things so that you can have that confidence to have those broker conversations and build those broker relationships, mm-hmm. which are ever so important. It also helps you to be able to be a valuable client to a broker. Why? Because you're one of those clients that's efficient. You're one of those clients. I get this call. I'm telling you, I get this call every three weeks from, from an awesome attorney. Okay. He got his, I pick up the phone. I don't even say anything. He hears I pick up. He goes, Dan, $12.3 million, uh, identified date August 5. We will be closing August 23. Wires will be sent out August 22. QSR 5 cap to 5.5 cap. Uh, demographics are such similar to the other ones. Uh, can you do that? And I'm like, yo, thank you so much. I love you. You're so simple, so easy to work with. I'll take care of it. And then I spend an hour doing it, and there's all these deals in the pipeline. So, But that guy knows mm-hmm. exactly what he wants. Exactly. And he knows that I'm going to give him exactly what he wants because of our relationship. So I can only do that because I'm the creator of the CRE Pro course with Zach Racinger. And people can only do that because they have that content available. So I would urge everybody to check out that website. It's www.creprocourse.com. That's C-R-E, like commercial real estate, procourse.com. Check it out. Get that value, and then go ahead and make those relationships make a lot of money. So, Tim, let's turn it back. What else do you want to talk about? We had talked about so much on the phone, and I want the viewers to be privy to those conversations. Man, when we started talking about um, how people are putting their money into triple net leases, and you know they don't even own the building, and we started talking about fractional lending oh, and yeah. how all of that really starts to tie together – I mean, I'm not lying here. I mean, you blew my mind, and I have been thinking about it a lot. I've been really looking forward to this episode to continue that conversation. Okay, cool. So let's mind. Let's blow some minds out there real quick. So interesting thing. I was scratching my head, and this is like I'm going to give you in about uh, two and a half minutes, um, probably three years of experience in commercial real estate, and this realization that I, I, I it, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't so super recent. But I always wonder to myself. When I first got in, I said, what is going on? Why would somebody pay a 5.5% or a 6% yield on a Wendy's property or, or, or a, you know, another type of a Walgreens, for example? And those were the cap rates years ago, right? Why would they pay that? I can get a 30 cap on some of my rental properties in Detroit, or I can get a 15 cap on some multifamily stuff in different parts of the country. I started thinking about it. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a national tenant. It looks cool, nice real estate, but it doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? And then I started thinking about it. Only from the perspective of a cash buyer, right? Like whenever I underwrite a deal, this is just the way I work, the way I was taught. Underwrite it in cash, right? What is your unlevered cash on cash return? Unlevered, you know, uh, NOI, all all that stuff. Or, and then I go ahead and analyze. Yeah, people want to lever it, but guess what? Everybody's situation is different. Somebody might want a seventy percent LTV. Somebody is sixty three percent. Somebody has a twenty five year AM, thirty year AM. Different lenders, different brokers, et cetera, et cetera. So I always look through it and those lenses. And then this whole pandemic hit, right? And I started seeing all the money being printed. And I started thinking about hyperinflation. And I started seeing these EIDL loans going out and, and all the SBA assistance programs and, and you know, PPP and this, every acronym you could think of, they've got money to give you. Okay. So, and no joke. So what I started questioning was why, what's with this, so we call it like stupid money. What's with this three cap, three and a quarter cap, three, three and a half cap money? How does it make sense? Especially at that time, you know, rates weren't even as low as they are now, right? Rates were, were maybe you'd get, you know, three, seven, five, four, four and a quarter. So you'd have negative, 
basically cash flow. They wouldn't be zero cash flow deals. They'd be negative cash flow deals. And now we've got an interesting situation because interest rates have gone above, right? Sorry, interest rates are below inflation, right? In a certain sense, inflation probably mm-hmm. about 5.1, 5.2%. Maybe you can get, you know, I'm, I'm closing on a house 2.77%, 30 year wow. fixed, right? So it actually, I make money by borrowing money right now. So I, I started scratching yeah. my head, started getting really frustrated, didn't make any sense. And then I realized something, okay? And it's called fractional reserve lending. Very fascinating concept. First of all, I'm going to give you an analogy, and then we'll walk through it. So let's say, Tim, you're a real estate investor, which you are, so it's a great analogy, and you want to lend out money. And you can lend out money at 3%, 5%, 10%, 15%, 18%, your hard money lender, let's say. Okay? And then you get all these people lined up. Well, you would think you'd want to lend at 18%, not 14%, not 12%, not 6%, right? You want to make money. But what if I stood behind you, behind the scenes, and I said, Tim, Go get as many people to borrow from you. I know you think you only got a million dollars, but for that million dollars, I've got nine million dollars in my pocket, and I'm going to hand you nine bills for every bill you lend out. At that point, when the Federal Reserve is willing to leverage and give you, basically, it's a ten to one ratio, right? They're going to give you, you know, ten times. I should say, I said nine, but it's really ten. Ten times the amount of money that you have to help back your loans. Do you really care if it's 14, 15, 16, 18 percent, or even five percent? That spread in interest rate means so much less. It's so much less significant because now you're being backed by 10 times the lending power. So really, that's what goes on with the banking industry. And the banking industry, that's a whole nother schmooze. I love the industry. I think it's one of the most powerful industries in the world. I say I love no, it euphemistically. Banks run the world. Banks, I don't want to say too much. Banks, cartels, brokers, <laughs> business, they all run the world. But but I really think love runs the world and, and authenticity runs the world and, and intentions run the world from a, a metaphysical standpoint. But studying businesses, the banking model makes so much sense, right? Because Tim, if you wanted to start a business and you wanted people to back you, you were going to give out money. It doesn't matter if people are buying at a three cap. It doesn't matter three and a half, four. And it doesn't even matter where inflation is to a certain extent because the economy can be influenced by two major things, right? Changes in interest rates and the printing of money, which creates inflation or deflation when they print less or when other things happen. So it's very interesting to see what's going on and to see that these lending institutions are very well capitalized and they're very eager to lend out capital. I get calls every day from lenders and brokers who want to finance my deals. Or if you're very wealthy, they want to finance my deals. I'm not sure, by the way, you're in finance. Why do people say finance versus finance? I think that's a geographic thing, you know, depending if you grew up in the north or the south. Okay, okay. So what you're trying to say to me is that southern people are richer than northern people. I get it. Okay, fine. So anyway, um, it's that family money. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just kidding. But anyway, that's a great question. I think anybody who wants to learn more about fractional reserve lending, go to our website www.danontop.com, and you can learn all about it. You can send me an email. You can talk to our team. Glad to give you excellent content. This episode will be on that site in about a week. Anyway, listen, Tim, we've had a lot of fun here. I can't believe how much I've spoken and, and, and how many great questions you've asked. We're running out of time, about two and a half minutes left. What other things do you want to talk about? What other questions do you have or messages you want to provide to our viewers? Um, I think it's really just about being focused. Um, you know, I, I found the most growth in my career when you find focus. When you're, when you're crystal clear on what you're looking to accomplish in your life, uh, whether that's in your personal life or business life, if you write down those goals and you, you know, visualize those goals and you have a tangible you know, end game, you're much, much, much more likely to be able to accomplish and achieve those goals Absolutely. Uh, if, if you write them down and, and you essentially manifest them, right? I mean, the more you talk about what you do and what you're trying to achieve, 
it will happen because you start to believe it more and more. Yeah, there's no question. Set that intention like we kind of talked about before. Yeah, banks run the world, but really intention runs the world and, and, and authenticity and bringing out the best in yourself. Tim, you're bringing out the best in me, that's for sure. And, and I can definitely say that, that you're bringing out the best in the content that the viewers are getting. So thank you very, very much for that. So look, we got about a minute left. I just want to thank you again for being on the show. And I want to congratulate you and your wife, right? Your wife started a new business. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. She's recently started a new business, uh, specifically around helping women and, and balancing their hormones. Um, because there's so many products in the world that mm-hmm. are full of chemicals, yes. right? I mean, as you get deeper into that whole FDA, not to get like specific or anything, but you know, there's a lot of words in the FDA category dictionary that just are approved for chemicals. Um, mm-hmm. So she started a business like around that. helping other women get products that don't have chemicals in it. And it's, it really boils down to the most simple concept is if you're going to the store and looking at uh, the ingredient list on anything, if you can't read or pronounce one of the words in the ingredient label, don't buy it. Um, and, and it's amazing, you know, that there is so much, you know, chemicals floating around in everything yes. that we do and, and consume and put on our bodies or in our bodies. And she is just, you know, really run with that idea and said, Hey, it's difficult to find a single location where I can buy all of these products that are already pre-screened. So I'm going to create a business around it to make it easy for everyone else because she's solving the problem. I love it. You're absolutely right. Good luck to her. Congratulations on that. Let me know how I can help. Let our viewers know how they can help. I think that what you're doing, what your wife is doing is incredible. If there's something you can't pronounce, look it up in the dictionary. Don't eat it. Talk to Tim. Talk to his wife. Talk to me. But the bottom line is, is that what we put in our minds is important. What we put in our souls is important. What we put in our body is important. Choose your contents wisely. Go to danontop.com and listen to more great episodes like Tim's. Subscribe, like it, let us know what we can do to help. Listen, Tim, put that hand up in the air, baby. We're going to dance it out a little bit, yeah, okay? <laughs> All right, here he goes. I'm Dan Lukowitz. This is Tim Vitale, owner of Upside Capital. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top. We look forward to seeing you real soon.